I loud out there? If I am, just I'm sorry. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just try to be as kind as I can today. Uh, I was gone last weekend, and uh, first thing I hear from Amy when I walk in is like, "Oh my, Ginger laid it out." Everywhere I went this week, that's all I heard. Ginger laid it out. Did she, Addison? You're shaking your head. Yes. <clears throat> so I kind of felt intimidated. So I thought I better lay it out today. Ginger's not here. I sent her home. I said, get out of here. No, she had to go lay down. Pray for her. She's sick. She's dealing with pre-pneumonia up here. And she was fine. One day she's fine. The next morning she called us. She says, I'm in the emergency room at St. Anthony's. So the Lord brought her here to get her healed. And it's it's a hard process. Healing it takes a while. A miracle is instantaneous. We like miracles. A miracle is like an Instapot. Amen. Throw it in and it out walks your roast and taters and carrots. And here, come on down. Lay them down here on this plate and let me eat you. But a miracle takes time. But I want to talk to you today about something. I want to be, uh, I'm going to try to be nice, as nice as I can. But uh, I heard my buddy several years ago, we were in setting me and Mitchell and my friend, Brother Tim Estes, Brother Mark knows Brother Tim. We all went to college together, and something was said in the matter of the conversation, and Tim looked at Mitchell, and he said, one thing about your dad, Mitchell, is you never have to worry about what he's thinking because he's right direct to the point. I try not to be, I try, if I'm going to smack you between the eyes, I'll try to do it easy, all right? But I just want to, I don't, I the, devil's, the devil wants to destroy us. The devil hates us. The devil doesn't want you living for God. The devil wants you out in the world. And he wants you pumping your veins full of drugs and drinking all your checks up by Sunday afternoon that you got on Friday and you don't have any money to pay the bills and you got to wait till next Friday for the next paycheck. And then that addiction and that alcoholism hits you all over again. And we're, you're in a fight for your life. All of us are in a fight for our lives. The devil wants your marriage to break up. The devil wants you to just go out and, and, and do harm to yourself. That's what the thief does. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen? I believe in an abundant life, but I think if you're going to have an abundant life, you're going to have to train hard and you're going to have to work hard to have an abundant life. It's easy to live for God hard, but it's hard to live for God easy. See, I'm already, I'm already. Uncle Jack was preaching Sunday, Friday night in Landmark in Stockton, and he said, don't worry, I'm preaching, I know, but in and out's still going to be open when I'm done. Well, that's a hamburger chain for some of you who have ever been to California. If you want to win, you're going to have to fight to win. Everybody looks at winners, and they get jealous of winners. And they think, man, he, that really happened. That was really good. But, you know, winners train. Winners are disciplined. Winners are committed. Winners say, it, this, this is my main goal here. This is what I've come to do. Paul, uh, uh, 
Tom Brady, 42 years old and still a quarterback in the NFL, does not eat certain foods because they say it causes inflammation in his body. He's trying to take care of his body. What is that? That's called discipline. That's called commitment. You know, I say I need to lower my portions. I need to do smaller portions. So rather than get a donut, I get donut holes. You know what I'm saying. Sometimes our thinking is skewed. You just saw that. You just heard about skewed thinking. But if you're going to run a marathon, you're not going to sit on the couch and drink Pepsi and Coke and eat Ho-Hos and Twinkies and expect to run a marathon. You're not going to do that. You're going to have to train for the marathon. You're going to have to make yourself ready for the marathon. We are, this is not a sprint that we're living in. We're walking and living and running a marathon. We're trying to get to the other side. We're trying to get to heaven. Amen. We're trying to get on the other side of this thing called life. You didn't, you and I didn't know, we didn't know how we got here. One day we just started remembering things. And suddenly here we are. We're in the middle of life, and now life has thrown us curveballs and change-ups and sliders. Life has tried to strike us out. Life has tried to take us out. But along in our journey of life, somehow we came across the message that there was a man who died on a tree and shed his blood for us. And that blood washes us from all the sins that we ever committed. Amen. And now we're full of his spirit, and we walk a new walk, and we talk a new talk. And the devil wants to stop you. The devil doesn't want you to live for the Lord. He doesn't want any of us to live for the Lord. He wants us to backslide. He wants you to quit walking this thing. Matthew chapter 3 is we're going today. This is John the Baptist here. Matthew's talking about in the same John had his raiment of camel hair and a leather girdle around his loins. And his meat was locusts and wild honey. There's nothing conventional about John. John would not fit in most churches today. Can you see John walking into the coffee shop of the first seeker-friendly church on the corner in his leather skirt and a rod in his hand and honey dripping off of his beard and a grasshopper leg? Sticking out of his mouth. And he'd walk in there and they'd say, sir, and what is your name? My name's John, John the Baptist. And the little lady at the welcome center would say, let me go get the pastor. John wouldn't fit in in most places today. Just like you don't fit in in most places today. If you and I fit in in most places, maybe we're doing something wrong. If they can't tell us from the rest of the crowd, maybe we're not looking too different. Maybe we're not acting too different. If they hear me saying the same stuff that they hear people in the world saying the same words and all that business, I'm not making an impact. I'm just one of them. John came. He went into out of Jerusalem and all Judea and the region around about Jordan and were baptized of him. 
All these people came to get baptized of John and confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He called the religious people snakes. <laughs> he called the religious people snakes. Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. God can do whatever God wants to do. But God is looking for us to be willing vessels today. God is looking for us to be ready. God is looking for us to be separated. God is looking for us to be consecrated. God is looking for us to be dedicated. Oh, my Lord. And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Good old King James, isn't it? I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. John said, I'm not him, but I'm coming right before him. And when I am done, the one coming after me is going to have the power. He's going to have the goods. He's going to have the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm preaching about today, wanted pyromaniacs. Look at your neighbor and say, pyromaniacs. Now, there are in this crowd pyromaniacs. I will name you because I know a couple of you. The first one that comes to my mind, beginning at the top of the alphabet, would be Dustin Brewer. Dustin was in my youth group a million years ago. We went up to a youth retreat on Lake Shelbyville. Right on the bluff of Lake Shelbyville. O'Call Bluff Group Camp. Dave, you know where, right where it's at. We got off the bus. We probably had about 40 or 50 teenagers there. Going to spend a Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night. And I'm going to tell you what happened. The Holy Ghost fell on that bluff. I went to pick up the speaker. At that time, that's when they were. he was staying at Eagle Creek. And by the time I got back, we got out of the car, and it was a roar. It was a roar. Not from the fire. It was a roar of prayer from teenagers. I walked in there and I said, what is going on? And I don't even remember who it was. They said five of them just got the Holy Ghost. The preacher hadn't preached yet. That's the kind of teenagers we want to get and raise up at Family Worship Center. They can pray them through while the pastor and the youth pastor is going to go get the speaker. Amen. And the speaker who we flew in all the way from Alexandria, Louisiana, said, well, what are we going to do, Trace? I said, well, I don't know, Terry. What are we going to do? I mean, the Lord doesn't move. But we got there to that bluff, that, that group camp, that campsite, 
And I said, somebody needs to start a fire out there. Brother Brewer said, I got that, Captain. I said, okay. I didn't think any more about it. I went on, we got kids all unloaded and moved in and everything, and I walk around the corner. Now, this had big glass sliding doors that looked out over the lake, and right between the sliding doors and the lake on this bluff was a big old fire pit. I came around the corner, and the flames of that fire were about as high as the ceiling is in this building right now, 12 feet in the air, just licking the sky. I said, oh, my Lord, it's a far. It was a far. And let me tell you something. That far did not go out all weekend because between Dustin and Brandon, those boys kept it burning. Another pyromaniac in here is Kevin. Don't be shaking your head no. He loves to burn. Every now and then he'll text me or call me and say, Pastor, you got anything to burn? (laughs) Kevin would have been a good student at West Virginia University because every time the football team wins, they end up burning couches and cars and chairs out there in Morgantown. Kevin is another pyromaniac. But these are natural pyromaniacs, but wanted. God wants some Holy Ghost pyromaniacs. God is looking for somebody that's going to take care of the fire. God is looking for somebody that's going to love the fire. Somebody that's going to embrace the fire. Somebody that's going to say, I'm all in. I'll take care of the fire. I didn't have to worry that on that youth retreat. I did not have to worry one time if that fire was going out. I didn't have to worry if that fire was going to get started. I didn't care how they started it. I just prayed I didn't hear any loud explosions and see any kids flying through the air. But God's wanting some Holy Ghost pyromaniacs today. Amen? Holy Ghost and fire pyromaniacs today. Acts chapter number 1 verse 4 Jesus is talking here and being assembled together with them, commanded they they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Out of all the churches in Vandalia, there's only a couple that teach, preach, and practice the biblical experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's quiet now. But I'll tell you how I know is because people who leave go searching for all kinds of churches or move away. And they say, we cannot find a church like Family Worship Center. We cannot find a church where we feel what we felt at Family Worship Center. You know why? Because this is the real baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. You need to thank the Lord Jesus Christ that you have been able to find a place where the Holy Ghost falls, where the Holy Ghost is loved, where the Holy Ghost is practiced, where the Holy Ghost is embraced. Somebody said, well, I got the Holy Spirit. 
When I was baptized, well, how did you know? I felt good. Well, you can smoke dope and feel good. You can drink beer and feel good for a while. Then it's going to be downhill after that. There is a clear evidence sign of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We all know what that is. We've been through it in Scripture. What I'm talking about today is the fire gives us comfort. Fire gives us comfort. Okay? I want you to think about we're going to go camping. What's the first thing you want to do when you're going camping? You've seen those old Western movies. You've got to have the fire burning because it's going to get cold tonight. And when it gets cold tonight, then you've got to have heat. And so that fire gives you heat. Well, the Holy Ghost gives us comfort. The Holy Ghost does. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, we could just spend a day there. What are his commandments? It's in the word of God. What's the first commandment? What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the next part of that? And to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the greatest commandment. But the Holy Ghost in our lives gives us comfort. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, people receive the Holy Ghost, but sometimes they don't continue to walk in the Holy Ghost way. In our church world and church lingo, we call them backsliders. We say that they're backslid. I've even heard people say that the Holy Ghost, when, when somebody backslides, the Holy Ghost leaves them. It's not what the Word says. He said that He will abide with you forever. I've talked with backsliders. Boy, it feels weird preaching up here. I haven't done it in 25 years. I've talked to backsliders, and I've asked them, when you walk away from God, does God quit talking to you? Oh, no. He's always talking to me. Every time I go to do wrong, he's talking to me. Every time I don't do what he says I should do, he's talking to me. You see, when Jesus makes a promise, Jesus is going to keep the promise. Amen? And so Jesus said the Holy Ghost would give you comfort. And we have this comfort in us to realize that, guess what? We are on our way to heaven. We have power in our lives to overcome sin. We have power in our lives to overcome depression. You have power in your life to overcome anything that the devil throws against you. Because greater is he, the word says, that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. God does not give you a second class, second rate, second hand experience. You don't go to the goodwill. You don't go to sisters and buy used Holy Ghost. Brother, you get in the genuine slice of heaven. You are getting the genuine power of the Holy Ghost coming and oozing from the throne room of heaven. And see, the devil wants to fight you. Why does he want to fight you? Because he's afraid of you. He's afraid of you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. By yourself, you cannot beat the devil. But with Jesus on your side, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. With the Lord on your side, a thousand shall fall at your hand and ten thousand at your right hand, yet you're not going to be moved. 
The bank can send you foreclosure papers, but guess what? The battle's not yours, it's God's. Your wife can put down she wants a divorce, but guess what? The battle's not yours, it's God's. Read the book of Job. Job lost everything he had. But God said in the end, I'm going to bless Job twice as much as he had before. All you've got to do is remember one thing, brothers and sisters. In the power of the Holy Ghost, just keep standing. Don't turn your back. Do not run. Do not give up. Do not give in. Do not slow down. But you keep walking with the Lord one step at a time. But my wife says she blah, blah, blah. Let your wife go ahead and blah, blah, blah. But my boss said blah, blah, blah. Let your boss go ahead and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. He has given you His Spirit in your life and you You are more than a conqueror. You are well able to win this fight. You can win. You can win. Oh, somebody, I wish you'd hear the pastor today. You can win this thing. Well, we're going to... I need to find the perfect church. Let me quote a famous line to you from a movie called Taken. Good luck. Because you will never find the perfect church. Because churches are made up of people. (laughs) You will never find the perfect job. I love you. You won't ever find the perfect spouse. Because I guarantee you, she's going to be beautiful when she goes to bed. But Brother Randall, she's going to get halitosis. Just like everybody else. Halitosis and toe fungus. Why? Because she's made up of the same mud you're made up of. We're all just human. You're never going to find the perfect spouse. You're never going to find the perfect church. You're never going to find the perfect job. You're never going to find the perfect car. I don't care how long Jonathan looks for you a car. You are never going to find a perfect car because you're going to get it and you're going to drive it 17 miles and you're going to say, there's a squeak up here in this, right over here. I don't know where it's at. And you're taking the dash out. You're taking the glove box out. You're you're even poking the firewall in behind everything. You're saying, I can't find that. Let's just stuff some foam down in that crack and pray that that takes care of it. Or get you some WD-40 and spray those springs underneath until it stops going, Look at your neighbor and say, ain't nothing perfect in this world. Ain't nothing perfect. No. No, ain't nothing perfect. And I tell you what, if people would just save their money on what they're going to spend on a marriage or on a wedding and save it for the marriage. Because you're going to need that money. And then you meet people who know it all. Amen. Know it all. And those are the people that need to carry a bottle of hot sauce in their back pocket. 
So when they got to eat their words, you can put something on it to make those words go down a little bit better. Amen. Oh, come on. Somebody, the preacher's preaching right now. I mean, you know, you enjoyed ginger last week, but you got old dog back. Hallelujah. The dog is not on the porch right now. He's in the yard. Amen. I'm telling you, there's nothing perfect. You're never going to find the perfect anything in this world because this world is broken. This world is shot. This world is going down. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says that he that does the will of God will I grant to sit with me in my father's throne. Hallelujah. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. You can't let all the ups and downs, ups and downs in life don't get you down. It's all the jerks in between. You know that. You know that. And people are ignorant, and you know they're going to be ignorant forever. Some people, just like they were baptized in ignorance and held under for a while. And I'm going to tell you the best medicine for ignorant people is for you to laugh. Because the Bible says medicine is good for the soul. Laughter is medicine. It's good for the soul. All you can do is smile. All you can do is laugh. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus saw the day of Pentecost. He saw what was coming past the cross. He was looking down at a bunch of people getting ready to get his spirit in their lives. He was looking down at an old, burly, nasty sailor fisherman, amen, that had a mouth like a sailor. His name was Simon. You don't think he had a mouth like a sailor? You go read about him at the barrel, amen, the strike barrel, the, you know, the union strike barrel, when they're all warming themselves outside there at the, at the, the, the uh, trial. And this little damsel, it's always got to be a woman, right? Can't leave it alone. Just leave, just shut up. Just leave it alone. Well, you're one of them. No, I'm not one of them. No, I, I think you are. You got socks on and have fish on them. I know you're from Galilee. And Peter said, I'm not one of them. You just need to back off. And she had to come one more time. Just one more time. She said, I really think you, I see your socks and I hear you got that Galilean accent. I know. And Peter let up. It was Asterix Curly Q's explanation parts all above his head. The Bible says he cursed. What did Jesus see on the cross? He saw that old cussing sailor, hallelujah, that in 50 some days later, he was going to stand up full of the power of the Holy Ghost and he's going to say, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Woohoo! There's a transformation in the fire. There's power in the fire. There's comfort in the fire. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He'll teach you all things. Bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave you and my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of when your curtain's moving in the bedroom at night. Shut the window. That was from Randall. See, that was easy. Shut the window. 
We make it so complicated. Just get up and shut the window. But what happens if it's January and the window's closed, Randall? Well, stop watching scary movies. You lay down there in front of that 72-inch television eating popcorn and burping Pepsi and you're watching it. You're watching it walk around with a knife. You're watching it come at you from the deer stand. You're watching it. it and then the eyes have hills. Amen. Come on, you hear me and what I'm saying? Then you get fear in you. So what you what you burp out, what you burp out is from what you put in. When you put fear in, fear's coming out. When you put horror in, horror's coming out. Watch this. When you put drama in your life, drama's coming out. Oh, some of us have masters and doctorates in drama. I'm coming at you as easy as I can. I could be worse. I don't know how, but I could be worse. Don't be afraid. Fear hath torment. Perfect love cast out fear. You want me to help you with your fear? Before you go to bed, you get you some oil. And before you shut your nightlight out, whatever your routine is, brush, floss, peroxide, throw your denture in, pull your denture out, throw your retainer in, whatever. I like to snap my retainer in and say, Amy, here I come. Well, I ain't kissing you with that thing in your mouth. And I said, well, who said they wanted to kiss you? I just want to cuddle. I just want to snuggle. I just want to hold you. Before you end your night and shut off that night light, why don't you take a little dip of that oil and go like this. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit of fear and torment that would try to keep me awake tonight. Why don't you try fighting for yourself sometime? Why don't you stand up and quit letting the devil kick you around? Why don't you start standing up and saying, hang on, devil. There's a new sheriff in town because now I'm not afraid of you anymore. Oh, come on. Oh, I can't sleep. Pastor, I counted 32,900 sheep the other night. When I got to 32,901, the alarm went off. Better get a smaller herd then. Smaller flock. Get you 20,901 and see if your alarm goes off then. I don't know what to do, Pat. I'm telling you what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. When the devil tries to keep you up all night long, you see he wants to wear out your body and your body's wore out and then you're tired all day and you don't have time to get up and pray and you don't have time to read your word and you don't have time to go to church because you can't get the grass mowed, you can't get the groceries done, you can't get the kids bathed and their homework done. So I got to go and see. So the devil's trying to wear you out. The Bible says in the last days that the devil would try to wear out the saints. Isn't that what it says? Well, for all of you who read it, yes, that's what it says. And the devil wants to wear us down and wear us out. But I'll tell you what I've done for the last almost 40 years. When that spirit of sleeplessness comes in my room, I'm dead tired. And I lay down and I'm like, my mind just goes in a whirl. And like the turbo kicks in. Now I know some of you are with me and some of you are shaking your head. 
Donna, don't you ever leave this church again. I got to have that laugh. That's the only thing keeps me going sometimes. You think I'm going to lay? I learned this a long time ago. The Bible says that he promises his children sweet rest. I read that and I said, holy smokes, I'm going to get me some sleep. And I just, I don't even get up out of bed. I don't even have to go get Crisco and smear on my forehead. I just say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, every spirit of restlessness, every spirit of sleeplessness that would try to take my sweet rest, the word says that he has given his children sweet rest. I speak that word right now in the name of Jesus, and I command you to go. And you know what the next thing I know is? The alarm's going off and the sun is coming up. It's a new day. Because old fat dog went to sleep. Why? Because I'm not putting up with the devil. Hallelujah. There's an old song that said, don't want no devils in my, don't want no monsters. Don't want no monsters in my house tonight. Don't want no monsters in my house. You won't get me screaming. You're nothing but a demon. It's time for you to go now. Brothers and sisters, you are children of the Most High God. You have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. It's time to stand up and take authority. It's time to take over your house. It's time to take over your marriage. It's time to take over your children. It's time to take over your life and say, guess what? We're going to live for God. We're going to be Holy Ghost pyromaniacs. Is there anybody that's going to sign up and be a Holy Ghost pyromaniac? You gotta, you gotta kick the devil out. You just gotta quit laying with the devil. He who lays down with dogs gets up with, yeah, fleas. And fleas, those little suckers hurt. They're nasty. Now they not, I don't think they're as bad as a chigger. Whew. Where I grew up, we didn't have chiggers. My dad would come out here, he called them jiggers. He'd come out here and be playing with the kids in the yard and everything. They'd leave and go home back to Maryland, and I'd call him next day, how you doing? Oh, he said, I'm doing all right. But he said, I'm telling you, I got jiggers all over my legs. I can't say the name that he called him after that, but he said those hurt you got to get rid of the fleas you got to get rid of the jiggers you got to get rid of the devils that are trying to destroy everything that God's trying to put together in your life. It's time for you to stand up and say no to evil and no to sin and no to fear and no to unrighteousness. It's time to say, you know what? I'm not going to have a temper anymore. I'm not going to be angry like that anymore. I'm a new man in Christ. That was my old man. My old man is dead. I'm going to be a new man now. Anybody want to be a new man? Anybody want to be a new lady in Christ? Come on, somebody ought to around here. The fire feeds us. Look at your neighbor and say, it's almost lunchtime. He'll be stopping soon. I didn't hear you say it. There you go. The fire feeds us. What's a fire going to do? It's going to feed us. Hebrews 10.25. 
and let us not neglect our meeting together. New Living Translation, as some people do. But encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. What's that saying? I need to get with my brothers and sisters. I get strength from my brothers and sisters. The devil wants to isolate you. Come on, we had the National Geographic Wildebeest sermon a couple weeks ago. The devil wants to make you alone by yourself. He wants you pitying yourself. He wants you crying. Nobody knows the trouble I'm in. Right? I'm all alone. I'm sure there's a song about that. Probably one with a tear in your beer. A chicken in a pot. Great day to be alive. The devil wants you by yourself. He wants you alone. He wants to, then he can talk into your ear. But when you're here, you're hearing this voice. You're hearing this voice. You're feeling his presence. You're experiencing the brothers and sisters around you. We're linking arms together. Anybody ever played that sophisticated game years ago that they call Red Rover? Red Rover? Send Johnny Boy right over? And they link arms and Johnny Boy's up there getting his turbo ready. And the other side of the line is locking their arms. Boy, this is a high-educated, falutin message today, isn't it? But it's real. It's right down where we're living right now. It's right down where the rubber meets the road. And they get their arms locked together, and they're daring Johnny Boy over, and Johnny Boy is going to do the best he can to bust through that line. But I tell you what, if you're all by yourself and you're trying to stop Johnny Boy, I'm going to tell you, don't mess with him because he's an all-state wrestler from high school. Don't even mess with him by yourself. But if two or three of you get together and lock arms, I think he can stop the old boy. Why? You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. Amen? You You need me and I need you. We need each other. Don't stop getting along with each other. Don't stop getting assembled together with each other. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much one. They get a better return for their labor. The brother Dave's over there working all by himself. If I come over and say, let me give you a hand, he gets done twice the time or half the time. He gets twice as much labor. We work together better when we're locked and loaded together. Locked and loaded, get it? Oh, Jesus, have mercy. That's a nice sound, isn't it? Mm. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. The devil wants to keep you out of church. The devil wants to keep you from linking up with people. That's why we're having life groups. I want you to link up with people. It's not as much about the Bible study as is the food and fellowship afterward. And I'm coming to all of them. You're not limiting me to one. I'm doing all of them. 
I want to go get Sylvia's walnut and 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 whipped cream, whipped topping, and I don't know what else is in it, grapes, but I know the major ingredient because it's so gritty when you eat it, and that's brown sugar. I bet my A1C goes to 37 when I eat a bowl of that. I'm coming to eat some of that, and then I'm going over to Sister Susan's, and I'm going to have some of that Hawaiian chicken. And then I'm going to end up in Nathan and Catherine's, and I'm not sure what you're coming out of your house. It's going to be a surprise. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm going to get over there and I'm going to be all by myself. No, 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 no. I'm getting with my brothers because when the devil comes after me, I'm going to have reinforcements that say, "Uh, uh-uh, I don't think you're going there today, brother. You're not going to do that by yourself because you know you're going to get that call one of these days. You're going to get that phone call. Hello, hello. And I mean, your world is going to drop out of your hands. And what are you going to do if you don't have anybody to connect with? If you haven't connected with anybody, you're going to have to fight that all by yourself. But then you can call them and say, Tim, I need you to pray. This is happening. Brother Mark, I need you to pray. Dustin, I need you to pray. Gary, I need you to pray. There's something going on. Well, if four's praying rather than one, how much better is that going to be? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you pick, Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down today? I hope somebody is. I hope somebody is. On a cold night, now here you go, on a cold night, two under the blanket can gain warmth from each other. Now, you know that's true. I have to watch her. She She's not here right now. That's good. I got to watch her. But she'll get in bed and she will get over there and put her cold feet on my legs. Lord have mercy. And I look at her with all that love and it's fixing to be trouble if you don't get those feet off my legs right now. But how can one, only one be warm, alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Ecclesiastes 4.12. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Praise the Lord. Hello, Amy. Amen. We did that illustration the other day. One, two, back to back, and then three of us. You know where everything's coming. Amen. And fire protects us. Everybody say Fire. Fire protects us. Say, I am a pyro, a Holy Ghost pyro. I want to, I'm trying to make you, I'm trying to make you nuts like I am. I'm, I'm telling you, this is the best life right here. I don't know why anybody want to deal with drugs, drama, addictions, trash, worldliness. I don't want to know why anybody want to deal with that. Oh, well, you know, Pastor, you just probably came from a church home and everything was good for you. Oh, shut your pie hole. You know what? I saw my mom laying in a pool of blood from my dad hitting her and putting her on the ground. Then I saw my dad laying in a pool of blood from my brother decking my dad. That was all in one night. Listen, if you're a Zimmerman, we do it right the first time. It's not spread out. We're going you want you want to have a bomb drop, we're going to have multiple bombs drop. It 82% statistics say 
that a boy who grows up with an alcoholic father, 82% of them end up as alcoholics. There's three of us, three, me, my brother, and two brothers. Not one of us, 100%, is an alcoholic. 100%, we don't drink. Why? Because we saw what it did to our dad. We saw what it did to our family. But the main thing was, there was that little five foot two inch woman who said, get up, it's time to go to church. Get up, it's time to go to church. And we went to church, and we went to church, and we went to church. And I've already preached this, that those descendants of that woman have preached on five continents and in 28 countries. Whoa. You got to get the fire in you. I wish I could get 12 men that would say, Pastor, will you clone me spiritually? I'm serious, man. Will you clone me spiritually? Why Why you want 12? 12 is the number of government. If I can have 12 men in this church and clone them like I am, spiritually, then you don't want all this. There are days when I don't even want it. That's why I choose the whole rather than the whole donut. And because they're so small, you can eat four or five. I'm trying to clone you spiritually. If I can get, if I can get your level of commitment where mine is, if I can get your priority where mine is, well, pastor, we can't quit our jobs. We can't just quit our jobs and just be pastor like you are, you know, just run around town all week, eat fried chicken, stop in and see Johnny Ty once in a while. No, I'm not talking about in a physical sense like that. I'm talking about keeping your job, but I'm talking about when there's prayer, you're here. Oh. I'm talking about when it's Wednesday night. I'm talking about, now watch, now watch. I didn't hear all of Miss Ginger's message, but I did click on it to hear the sound. I want to make sure it sounds good. We want to put out a good product out there to the world, right? So I said, Ginger, I said, let's boost the podcast on Facebook so people know about the podcast. Lo and behold, there were three, two or 300 people that liked the podcast. But all but one person was from Africa. I said, Ginger. Can you send stuff on Facebook to certain parts of the world? Yeah. I said, I think that we just sent all of that to Africa. Because there is one person's name out of two or three hundred that I can pronounce. And all the rest of them are African. She looks on her settings. Oh, yeah. We sent it to Uganda, Kenya, and Ethiopia. And I said, well, praise the Lord. I, I guess we were supposed to. I said, well, you know, my, we probably maybe ought to send it to America next time. Maybe some Americans could listen to it. But I'm talking about this. 
So we go to a conference. We get fired up. We make a commitment. And then in three months, the commitment's dead. And we're back to the same spot that we were. The youth go to youth congress and get fired up. And then in three months, the youth are right back to the same place that they were. Oh, pastor, you're, you're digging in my nest now. Oh, I'm tearing up your nest now. Yes, I'm saying you make a commitment that I'm going to come to the front and worship during church and worship on Sundays and Wednesdays. And then you're stuck at your seat again. Where are you? I'm saying it. We got to go from being stirred and quit being just stirred and we have to be changed. There has to be a change put in us. So if I can get 12 men that would say, I'm willing to show up, Pastor, when you show up to pray. I'm willing to show up on Wednesday night when you show up. And I'm trying to shut her down at 8.30 on Wednesday nights so you can go home and get those munchkins to bed. Sister Sylvia, your munchkins are way past your bedtime now. Oh, you got to drive a bus. She says, let me tell you something about Sister Sylvia. Sister Sylvia gets up, but I don't know what time. What time you get up? 4.30. Do you need an alarm clock? Does Joe put his cold feet on you at night? Don't let him. Bind that in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Sylvia gets up at 4.30 and works. Now, I'm not going to tell how old you are, but she's a, uh, she's up there. She's one of Denny John's moms. But she she works. How many jobs you work? Three jobs. Amen. And you know what? She lives 25 miles from here. Amen. We're believing that's going to change. She lives 25 miles from here. She gets up at 4 o'clock, 4.30 every morning. She works three jobs. And you know what? She doesn't go home on Wednesday night. She comes here. She goes and grabs her something healthy from McDonald's. You're going to have to speak some things into existence, right? And she stays here for church on Wednesday night. Now, i got to tell on her because she can't always, she don't always know this because she doesn't realize it, but sometimes she dozes off on me. I know that. But guess what? She's still here. You know what an old boy told me? God rest his soul. He ain't here no more. He said, Pastor, if I'm in church and I'm asleep, at least I'm in his presence. <laughs> now, do you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about Pistol Pete. God rest his soul. He said, you know what, Pastor? He said, I'd work night shift at the donut hole. He said, I get up at 2.30 in the morning and I'd deliver donuts to Watson and Effingham and Dietrich and Charleston. But he said, I never missed church. I went to church and I sat on that pew and I might have fallen asleep. But I'll tell you one thing, Pastor. I was in his presence. Hallelujah. And guess what? Oh, Brother Pete's in his presence for good now. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, that, come on, let's step it up. Somebody, let's build this thing. Let's go. Let's grow. Let's get yourself in a place where the devil cannot trick you and blow you over. And when they were escaped, Acts chapter 28, and I'm closing, they were, they that knew, they knew that they were on the island called Melita, which is modern day Malta. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. This is Paul, shipwrecked 
on this island with a bunch of barbarians. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, I want you to notice that he laid the wood on the fire. And then I want you to notice that the viper came out of the heat, not from the fire. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. They said, this is a bad guy. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to close here. This is a bad guy. And although the sea didn't get him, this viper, this beast is. Now, Paul was just helping out. Paul was just doing the will of God. Amen? That's all you're doing, just trying to do the will of God. Just trying to live for the Lord. Just trying to make it. That's all we're trying to do. And you're still going to get attacked. You can be in the will of God and still get attacked. Hello. You can be in a ship with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee and a storm still come up. But the storm don't last always. All right? It doesn't last always. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying fire protects you. He shook off that beast into the fire and felt no harm. It's time for us to rise up to our apostolic authority. Let me say that again. It's time for us to rise up to our apostolic authority. When you have to realize that you're a winner, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You don't have to watch the devil tear apart your life. You can kick the devil out of your house. You can kick the devil out of your life. You can kick the devil wherever he needs to go. Amen. Let's all stand. What makes a fire grow and get stronger? Think about it. You may not have gasoline. You don't have gasoline and you're on a fishing trip and you got WD-40 in your tackle box. That will work. I speak from experience. Like a torch. But if you don't have gasoline and you don't have oil or diesel, you don't have WD-40, I'll tell you what works in the kitchen. Don't ever throw sugar on a fire. But here's what really works. What does the word say about 
when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty. And I was looking at this scripture and I said, God, there's something else about the wind. is almost dead. What do you do? You get down right beside it, as low as you can to the ground. And the Lord took me to this scripture, Ezekiel chapter 37. Then he said unto me, speak to the winds and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke. Somebody say, I spoke. So I spoke as he commanded me. And the wind entered the bodies. And they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood upon their feet. A great army of them. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to pray this prayer. Blow wind. Blow today. Blow on my fire. If I preach to you today, the Lord's talking to you today. Why don't you come on up front? Let's pray. Somebody. Maybe it's time to repent. Maybe it's time to ask God to forgive us. Maybe it's time to do some soul searching and say, I'm not committed like I used to be. I'm not committed like I should be. On the count of three, I want you to blow. I want you to begin to blow against your situation. I want you to begin to blow against those strongholds that the devil has put into your life that the spirit of the Lord when it hits it can't go into where it needs to go but it hits that detour that roadblock and gets deflected off to the right or to the left one two get ready I'm going to blow on three three Blow, wind. Blow. Oh, come on. Anybody else? Come close. Come close, brothers and sisters. Come close. Come on. Come on. Come close. Come on. Come close. Come close. Come close. Lift your hands up. Let's begin to talk to the Lord right now. Jesus, your word has convicted me today. Your spirit that I feel has been convicted me today. Let's all gather around. Come on. Let's all gather in as family. And Lord, I just want you to know that God, I ask you to forgive me for those things that I have put in my life that have stopped your spirit from moving. Those things that I have put in my life 
that has stopped your spirit from working in my life the way you want it to work. Lord, now I ask your blood to cover me, your blood to forgive me. Oh, yes, breathe on me, Jesus. Breathe on me. Fill this place with the
the fire, send 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 the Give us, Lord, the fire. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. talking about Hebrews 11 status, our level of commitment and well, 
vastly have to improve. Vastly have to improve. What can we do? What can what can we do here? Twelve men. Twelve men up front worshiping. Twelve men up front praying. Twelve men. Why are you saying men, Pastor? Us ladies, we we do. But the man is the head. God does not go around unless he has to. Amen. Pray about it. Who wants to join me? Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm. I just ask you to fast one day a week if you, you're hooking up with Johnny. He say called tonight and say we're starting a three day fast in the morning. So my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Amen. Holy Ghost, pyromaniacs, wanted. Lord, and in the name of Jesus, our hearts are knit together in faith right now and in your presence. Lord, one day we will never have to leave a presence. One day we'll never have to leave this presence like this. We will be forever in your presence forever and ever and ever. But until then, Lord, we walk in part, we sing in part, we prophesy in part. Until that day when that which is perfect has come. So let the words of this message, God, touch somebody's heart today in a way to change us, to revolutionize us forever. All of us, Lord, from the top down, all of us, Lord, I need more commitment in my life. I need more of you in my life, Lord, as well. I wasn't just preaching to these folks. I was preaching to myself. Lord, how hungry are we for you? How hungry are we for a move of your spirit in this church and in this community? How hungry are we for, Lord, a move of you in this region? How hungry are we for the kingdom? How close are we or how far apart or how far away are we from Matthew 6.33? So, Lord, protect us as we go. Seal this word into our spirits. Let us call somebody who's not here today and say, you need to listen to that message pastor preached. We've got to do this together. Bind us together in unity. Bind us together in love. Lord, work in every situation, every need. Everyone who's sick, still missing church, raise them up. Those, Lord, who are discouraged, encourage them in you. Get them into the house of God. Lord, we just ask you to work on behalf of Taylor and Josiah this week. For, Lord, you said such is the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, work for the kingdom this week. We pray it. Lord, let us bind together and pray for that judge at 9 o'clock in the morning on that conference call. Lord, give us prayer warriors who will be speaking in tongues toward Monroe, Louisiana. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah.